Welcome to Maison Pur, the podcast. I'm your host, Molly Hill. This podcast is all about natural living and how to get there without stressing out. We'll discuss easy tips to help create a healthier home, natural ways to care for our bodies, and so much more. Welcome back to part two of Real Food Meal Planning with Kristen from Live Simply. Today we'll discuss budgeting, grocery shopping, feeding kids, and tackling picky eaters. Let's dive in. Have you found that um, your grocery budget has changed dramatically since you've been you know, meal planning and really taking a look at everything as a whole rather than just making individual meals? 100%. Yeah. And actually, somebody just messaged me on Instagram the other day and she said, you know, she goes, I'm you know, I just got over like, um, I, I'm pregnant again. I just got over like a, you know, really bad spout of morning sickness. And she's like, I cannot wait to get back to meal planning, you know, cause she said, I'm noticing a difference too. And I was like, yes, it's so true. Um, like when I get out of that, when I get in a, like it happens to everybody, like there is no perfection. Like there are times where I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to do a meal plan. Like it happens, <laughs> especially over the summer when things get a little relaxed sometimes around right. here. Um, and then I'm like, I'm good. I actually, I see it within like the spending um, for me at the store in particular. And because I'm like buying whatever looks good on the shelf and, <laughs> and I'm not like thinking about things and then, or halfway through the week, I'll realize like, oh my goodness, I don't actually have what I need to make what I want to make. Um, yes. That happens to me planning. all the time. <laughs> yes. And then you're not only wasting like money because generally when you go back to the store, you generally spend more money, not just what you need, especially if I walk into Whole Foods, I'm like, oh, there's a new flavor of kombucha yes. I need. There's <laughs> like, you know, oh wow, this chocolate covered, you know, like, yes. I don't know, thing that's going to make my skin look good too. This is amazing. <laughs> Whatever it is. I mean, like, buying it all. Yeah, exactly. It's all these enticing things. So you spend more money and I waste my time because then I'm like, oh, wow, I just spent like an hour and a half of my time in traffic and everything going and having to run to the store again. Um, so yeah, so meal planning, oh my goodness, it saves me so much money for sure. I, for our family, I don't like like advertising our grocery budget just because I find like no matter where you live, it depends on like what I'm paying for something like eggs might differ than where, you know, where people are, especially if you're sourcing from farms. But I recently started sharing that I spend around, I aim for like around 200 ish dollars for our family of four every single week, which to some people may seem like, Oh my God, that's so much money. And to some people that may be like, Oh, that's nothing. Um, so that's where I'm like, Hey, like, could I spend more? Absolutely. Could I spend less? Absolutely. But I find with meal planning, I'm able to stick within that range because I'm able to be really smart about thinking about what I'm buying. I'm also able to, another point we didn't touch on, but with like repeating meals and your reusing ingredients as I'm able to buy in bulk, like honey, I just bought like honey in bulk recently because I know honey is something that, you know, we'll use regularly or, um, like tomatoes. Um, I really like the jovial, um, they're in a glass jar, they're crushed tomatoes and they're pretty expensive. They're $4 for a jar. Um, but they're just a company that I love to support because of what they're doing. And they also just taste amazing. And so they were just recently on sale for like 250 or something. And so if I didn't know that I like make a ton of 
recipes with the particular tomatoes, like chili, I make our, the spaghetti sauce we really love, lasagna, all of that kind of thing, then it might be hard for me to think like, oh, wow, I should stock up and buy a bunch of jars. But because I like know the meals that are often repeated, I was able to buy a bunch of jars. And in the end, I'm going to save money because, you know, I'm saving like what, $1.50 per jar. Um, so I think that's the other advantage is not only like you're not overbuying, but also you're able to think in advance and even to stock up and buy in bulk sometimes because like even oats, I'm like, wow, we eat a lot of oats. <laughs> that's something that I can now buy in bulk versus maybe the individual bags because I know because of my planning that we use a lot of those. That's a great point. Um, I, I just think being cognizant of that, like, yeah, absolutely. Because if you go to Costco, you know, sometimes I see stuff that I'm like, oh, I think we'd like this, but I don't really use that. So I don't want to buy the whole thing. But when you know it's something that you are going to use a lot of, why not go out of your way to go buy it in bulk and save money on it? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So like I said, there's just so many perks like to meal planning outside of just like having a plan to like show your friends, you know? (laughs) Um, Yeah. All of those are just amazing. It's just so much that you can do and so much freedom and like so much money to be saved, no matter what your grocery budget is. Because I think many times like people think like, oh, when I meal plan, I'm only going to spend like $50 a week on groceries because you see that all over Pinterest. And I'm like, hey, look, like I'm not telling you what to spend, but I'm saying like whatever your budget is, you can keep within that budget by strategically planning out your meals. Absolutely. And I think one thing to remember, at least for us, when I don't plan as as well as I should, we end up eating out more, which is always going to cost more than me planning out real food meals from the grocery store. It's so true. And so many times we're, we're disappointed, I feel like, when we do go out. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, I could have cooked like this so much better at home and for a fraction of the price. I mean, I get it. You're paying for labor and everything. And I'm appreciative for all of that. But sometimes it's true, like especially when you have kids and everything, um, you realize how expensive it, it is to eat out. Um, we have friends who eat out like all the time. And I'm always like, wow. And they're always like, well, we don't like to cook. And I'm like, it would save you so much money literally to even just like move- <laughs> Like make grilled cheese and a salad at home. Like it's not, it doesn't yeah. have to be, but I think people just think like cooking equals complicated. Like cooking equals Pinterest, cooking equals Food Network. And I'm like, oh my goodness, no, you can make a really good sandwich and a salad for what that could be a theme every single week. You do like sandwich and salad. The only, if you don't, you don't want to salad, just do like sandwich and veggies or something. Yeah. Um, anything like that could be just the simplest theme that you do, it does not require like, you know, I'm talking about lasagna and whatnot. That's because I actually like cooking all those things. Like find what you like to cook and what you like to prepare. And that's what you can do. Like there is no judgment in what you choose to, you know, like there is no like, I don't know, gold standard or you don't get extra kudos for like going out and, um, you know, (laughs) cooking like a French cuisine on a Monday night, like find what works for you. If you like doing that, awesome. And if you don't find something really simple so that you're motivated to plan, you're motivated to prepare it. And yeah, it keeps you from spending extra money and going out or running to the store and picking up, you know, the the box meal or whatever it is. So one other thing I was going to ask you, because I find when I talk to people about this, the answer is so different. But I was going to ask you how many stores that you shop at. Do you base? I know you said you go to the farmers market and you mentioned Publix, but do you kind of shop around or do you pick one place each week? How do you do that? So for me, shopping has like really evolved over the years. Like I said, like everything has on this journey we've been on. Um, so like in the very beginning days, I was doing all of our shopping at Publix. We're actually an area that um, we live in the Tampa Bay area in Florida, and we've been very very slow to embrace real food or anything. Um, so 
we didn't have like Whole Foods or even Trader Joe's or even really great farmer's markets up until a few years ago. Um, so for a long, long time, I pretty much did all of my shopping at Publix. And then I transitioned into shopping at Publix and then joining um, like a food co-op kind of a deal. Um, where it was like I would order in advance and could get like um, veggies and meats and eggs from local farms. Um, so then I kind of branched away from that. And now at this point, um, Whole Foods came into our area a couple years ago and they offer grocery delivery. So what it looks like for me now during market season, which our markets run from October to May, is I will go on Saturday mornings and I will shop the farmer's market. At this point, I've been shopping it long enough. We have a big farmer's market now. It's incredible, like the expansion and, and local and real food that we've seen over the years. So if you're in an area that's like a food desert and it's not there yet, trust me, like we were there. There, it's coming. You just have to, you know, be willing to vote with your dollar. And when it does come, like be willing to support those like sources. But anyway, side note. Um, but when we, um, now, like we have this amazing farmer's market. It's actually the largest in the Southeast. And so I go there on Saturday. I shop for veggies. I know in advance pretty much at this point because I've been doing it for so long, like what I'm going to find. And also you kind of get comfortable with like the seasons and you see like every week what's there. So I will meal plan generally on Saturday morning before I leave. It only takes me like 10 minutes using those themes and that favorite meals list. Um, I pretty much know what I'm looking for at the farmer's market. Occasionally there's something like new that pops up in season and I'm like, oh my goodness, kohlrabi this is amazing I'm gonna buy kohlrabi which uh it was one of those veggies that I didn't know how to use and now I'm like oh it's so good you can eat it like chips um you don't have to cook them they're just like raw like dip in dips or um they're really good in slaws or add them to salads or drizzle with like some citrus and olive oil and toss it together it's just so good um so I'll occasionally I'll see something but for the most part I know what I'm looking for and I also buy like meats um eggs bread and all of our, pretty much all of our veggies there. And then from that point, I will actually place a grocery delivery order for Whole Foods because Prime now delivers um, before I leave for the market. And I'll order like anything I need to supplement with um, in order to create our meals for that week. So that could be like, like I said, like jarred canned tomatoes. That might be... Um, I don't know, like maybe sour cream. It might be because I can't find that at our farmer's market. Maybe um, it might be some cheese. It might be some pasta. It just depends on like what I need to restock in my pantry. I also during the week, like when I run out of things, like um, the other day I ran out of black beans, which is something I tried to keep stocked in our pantry at all times. I will, we have a Amazon Alexa and I'll tell her like, Hey Alexa, um, while I'm cooking, I said, Hey Alexa, you know, add black beans to my whole foods list. And so that way, when I go look at what I need for the week, other than like our meals, also like what my pantry is currently running out of, I have everything together so that I can quickly place that order. I can head off to the farmer's market. I have a meal plan. And then when I get home, I generally like will, um, you know, I'll, I'll put the produce away in a way that it will extend its life throughout the week. Um, I don't just don't like shove it in the fridge. There's actually like, I found that there's various ways to store produce that kind of extends the life of it or keeps it from going bad prematurely. And there's actually, um, I can send you the link for it. There's actually like a fridge tour on the blog that you can send people to if they want to see that in detail. I walk them through my fridge and exactly how I store everything in there. Um, yeah, but, I can link that in the show notes because I think a yeah. lot of people would find that helpful. 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I did that one day. I actually did it in at like 7 a.m. in my bathrobe one morning on Instagram <laughs> stories. And it was just like very like, just like, oh, here's this and here's this. And people liked it so much. I was like, okay. So I actually, then we shot like a professional video around it just because people, I was like, okay, I should probably get out of my bathrobe and look presentable. And right, right. Cool, you know, everything. Um, but anyway, that is over there and it's really helpful. But that's what it looks like. So at this point, I pretty much shop. Um, Whole Foods Prime now just as like a supplemental whatever I need um, to create meals on top of like the farmer's market is where the bulk of our stuff is coming from. Now it comes summer, which is like our winter here in Florida, we don't grow anything that will change. Um, most of my shopping will come from Whole Foods. And I get it. People are like, Whole Foods is so expensive. But for me, like I'm a full-time working mom. I have a husband who travels. Like we just have two kids who have busy schedules. I'm like, I feel like I could definitely save money by going to uh, multiple stores, but I just don't have the time right now to do that. And sometimes you have to weigh out like, can I spend more time or can I spend more money? <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and you can't do both many times. So in this season of life, it's like, well, I, I'm okay with spending a few extra dollars on maybe like buying vinegar at Whole Foods when I could get it cheaper at Publix for cleaning purposes or whatever, or like the same thing, like I'm going to, I could get maybe tomatoes cheaper somewhere else, but I'm just going to stick to one store. So I think sometimes you just have to factor that in. Like, yes, you could go to multiple stores, but is it is it that season of life for you right now? And if it's not, then sometimes it's okay to, I think, spend a few extra dollars knowing you're getting it all done in one shopping. And then other seasons of life, it's like I need to crunch the numbers even more. And I maybe that's where I'm going to shop more multiple stores. So that sounds so streamlined and easy, though. You know, it's not for me when I was growing up, my dad did most of cooking and most of grocery shopping, and we were on a very tight budget. So every Saturday morning, my mom worked Saturdays and he would sit down with the newspaper ads and circle where everything is that he wanted to get. At. And we that. would go to four or five different stores, making all right-hand turns, of course, because that's like more efficient. <laughs> and for me, as like a 12-year-old, I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> I've always seen the same thing, like clip coupons out of the, the flyers and everything, which is amazing. And it's awesome if you want to do that. But I think sometimes I'm like, wow, I just don't have the time to do that right now. The other thing I found is like, even like stores like um, Whole Foods or even like health food, quote unquote, kind of stores like that. I, people are always like, oh, it's like whole paycheck. And I'm like, well, yes, it is. If you're buying all of like the organic processed food. <laughs> I mean, like if yeah. you're buying like all of like the thing, if you're basically trying to switch your diet over from buying like all the processed food to now just buying it equivalent to like the whole foods version, then yes, it's going to be very, very expensive to do that. But if you're pretty much sticking with just some basic things, yes, you're going to pay maybe like a dollar or two more for pasta or whatever. You're also going to be more conscious about like making sure you're stretching that and using that. Um, but at the same time, like you can buy inexpensive ingredients. Like rice is a very inexpensive at whole foods, like, like beans, like you don't need, um, you don't need to buy the strawberries that are out of season that cost $7 for the carton. You can instead find like what produce is on sale right now. And you can easily even do that if you're grocery doing grocery delivery because it will tell you. Um, and you can stock up. Even like right now, there's a brand of tortillas that I really like, which is um, Siete brand. And they're, they are so, so expensive. Like I am the first person to admit that. And I cannot afford them on a, like on a regular basis, but right now they are. Um, and I love the brand and I totally understand why they're so expensive because of the ingredients they use, but I just can't like, I can't factor that into my budget, right. Um, on a regular basis. And so, 
um, they are right now like $3.99 on sale versus like $7.99. I think um, what I saw in the flo- and like the Prime Now um, special the other day. That's a really and, good deal on those. <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy good deal. So what I will do is this week, I will actually, I know that we'll use those and then we'll use them in multiple different ways, like for breakfast tacos and whatnot. And so I will buy those and stock up on them and freeze them because that's a good sale. So I would say like, I know people are like, oh, but if I shop multiple stores and I'm like, if you got that down and you have a system and you shop multiple stores, it's awesome. But if you like do want to shop at like one store, many times just being strategic and smart and the way you do that can really pay off in the end and you're saving yourself yeah. some time. Well, um, one other thing. So when I was just kind of doing my homework right before we talked, I saw on your blog that our kids were actually born the same, like my first child was born in 2010, just like you. And then Annabelle oh was born in 2013. So wow, our kids yeah. are the same ages. So I'm sure we can relate on a lot of levels here. One thing for us that's hard to factor in is just my daughter is still super picky. Uh, my son went through a phase. He grew out of it, but he also has some severe food allergies. So we, we try to factor that in. Obviously, that's a no-go. But um, do you? how do you work around picky eaters? Or do you make sure that there's always something there that they like? Or do you take stuff off the table completely? Like, I'm not going to plan meals with this vegetable because I know they're not going to eat it. What's your philosophy with that? Yeah. So it's something that I hear a lot too. And in fact, like I've been doing the past couple of weeks, I've been trying to show every single day, um, like what, what we eat on a daily basis. And that's one of like the biggest questions I've been getting other than what planner <laughs> I use <laughs> has been, uh, like, are your kids eating this food? And my response is yes and no. So I do not, uh, I trust me. Okay. First of all, like we went through picky phases and I'm sure we will go through like picky phases again in the future. Like kids are just kids, right? Like they're growing, there's, you know, they're, they're learning new things, they're trying new things, <laughs> you know, there's a lot happening with them. And um, so I would say that what, what I've learned though is like in the beginning days, what I did is like if say like Piper didn't want to eat, um, you know, um, vegetables, then I would just stop serving them to him altogether. And I would actually then, cause I was like, oh no, he's going to starve. Like this is, I need to feed my child. You know, I mean, we all feel that way, right? We all want to like watch over our kids and that's good. Um, but at the same time, what I didn't realize that I was doing is I was actually feeding this this idea to him that he would always get something else other than what I was cooking. And it ended up being a huge issue and becoming a giant power struggle for us because then I was frustrated and I didn't want to cook because I was like, well, my kids aren't actually eating what I'm cooking. Like what's the point in cooking? And they're going to end up just like snacking on something anyway. So over the past few years, um, I've really had to like dive deep into this, you know, figuring out what's worked for us. But number one has just been exposure. I realized that if my kids are not being exposed to a variety of foods, even if the first time or the second time or even the the 12th time, they kind of turn their nose up to it. Or maybe at first, like express like, oh, like, I don't like zucchini. Like, trust me, my kids say those things <laughs> still, you know, um, that doesn't mean that they absolutely hate zucchini. It just means that like, maybe they need more exposure to it. Maybe they need to, you know, try it in a different way. Like if it's like broccoli and it's steamed, you know, like, I mean, steamed veggies aren't always. I agree. <laughs> they can be, but sometimes they aren't. So maybe that means like instead of just saying, hey, my kid doesn't like broccoli, 
Instead, you just next time try it preparing a different way, like try roasting it, right? I mean, like, or even put it in a stir fry. It doesn't mean just because they they turn their nose up at something doesn't mean that they forever are not going to like this food. I always like to like use beets as an example. Growing up, my mom hated beets and she always like she never, I was never exposed to beets. Um, she made sure they never <laughs> came into our house. She made sure she told me how much she did, disliked beets. She grew up eating like the pickled beets from the jar. So I yeah. I don't understand, right? (laughs) Um, Why she hated them so much. But like beets were off the table. So I never gained exposure. I grew up with this narrative of like, oh, I don't like that. So I never had an open mind to trying any, any of them. It wasn't until I started shopping at farmer's market a few years ago that I finally like got the, you know, courage to buy beets for the first time. And I didn't have no idea. I decided to roast them. And when I roasted them, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like I didn't, still wasn't into the taste. So I decided to like put it in smoothies and blend it up. And I was like, oh, this is actually good. Like I like this. It, you can't really taste it. It adds just but a little bit of distinct flavor. And then slowly I started like adding them to hummus and blending them up and making beet hummus. And, and now like, I love beets. I'll put them in salad. I love them with like feta cheese in a salad or just like by themselves. Like I really like beets. So I think that's a good example of like, if we give our kids this narrative of the fact that like, you don't like this, right. Then, um, and we, and so we stop serving it. We stop exposing them to that food. Then how are they ever going to have like a growing, expanding palate? And how are they going to be open and willing to try to try new foods. Um, so I say like, keep exposing them. So exposure comes in a variety of ways. It doesn't mean that the kid eats the food. It can mean that they help prepare the food in the kitchen. Maybe you give them the job of like washing the lettuce. Maybe you give them the job of like chopping lettuce. Maybe they peel the carrots. Um, and kids can do all of those things. And trust me, like those are necessary skills that they're going to need for adulthood as well, if they're not going to turn to the processed food. (laughs) So teach them as children. But also like take them to the farmer's market, like take them to the grocery store, give them a few dollars to be able to like pick something out from the veggie section or maybe try a new cheese. Like my daughter like loves the stinkiest (laughs) cheese as possible, which like at first I was buying like cheddar all the time for her. And then I was actually limiting her because I bought a stinky cheese once and she was like, oh, I want to try that. And I was like, my first reaction was like, oh, you're not going to like that. I didn't say that. But then I caught myself and I was like, okay, I'm going to let her try it. She's like, this is amazing. I love this. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I was like, wow. Like just think of like how as parents so many times we are kind of part of the problem. We put our stuff on them for that. Exactly. Exactly. And we're like, oh, it's spicy. You're not going to like that. I'm like, listen, like, this is very much first world problems. Cause if you visit other, like I, I grew up over um, seas as a teenager in West Africa and like kids never got the pleasure of like choosing what they ate. Like they ate what was provided to them, you know, because there was no other option. And I feel like it's very much like this, like Western for, you know, first world problem that we have of pickiness is because if you go to many other countries, especially that are still very rooted in their traditional ways of eating, like kids just eat what's served to them. Um, and so that's kind of my philosophy is like, you're going to get what's served to you. But at the same time, I believe that food should be enjoyable and a source of joy and not just like pure nourishment, but also like we get nourishment from like the community aspect of food and the, the, finding joy in that. So I never want meals to be a struggle. So, um, so all of that to say, like, if you're exposing your kids and, um, to a variety of foods, you're serving a variety of foods, you're trying different ways of preparing things, 
The other way that really practical things that we've done is I always make sure there's at least one component that my kids will actually eat. So even like if we do, let's say like, let's say we have like a salad theme for like a couple months where every Tuesday we do like a big salad with like a protein or something, um, maybe like some garlic, homemade garlic bread on the side with some sourdough toast or something. I always know there's like one component or at least a couple components that they'll eat. There's probably the cucumbers in the salad. I know my son loves cucumbers. They're probably going to eat like the protein in the salad. They're probably going to um, like the the sourdough garlic bread, right? I mean, that's totally cool. If they just choose to enjoy those components within our meal, they're still partaking in the family meal. They're still gaining exposure just by seeing a variety of foods. And over time, as they're exposed more and more to this variety of foods, and they see this is just what we do. There's nobody telling them to eat a certain thing. It's just what we do. We sit down at a table, we all eat the same food together. Then, um, I have found that if you don't make it a big deal, but you just make it part of this like communal experience, but at least like there's a component that they'll enjoy to that meal, then it becomes a lot more enjoyable for everyone. And they're a little more open to trying foods. The other thing we do is we have a one, a one bite rule. So we'll say to them like, Hey, like, you don't know if you don't like something unless you try it. Cause many times my daughter will be like, ew, that looks disgusting. (laughs) And I'm like, well, you don't know if you don't like something unless you try it. And so we'll have a rule like we encourage them just to try a bite. And it's like it's non-committal. So like if you don't like if you don't like it right now, like we don't want to say you don't like it, but if this isn't for you at the moment, then you don't have to eat the rest of that particular thing. But thank you for trying it. That's amazing that you were willing to try something. Um a couple of years ago, we went to Iceland for a family vacation and um my son who has been like um, never wanted to try fish ever. He even claimed he had a fish <laughs> allergy at one point. He didn't want to try it. And we live in Florida. Like we get a lot of fresh fish. And um, anyway, he decided they didn't have any kids menus in Iceland, which I thought was amazing. Like basically the idea was that you could order anything off the menu, but that they would cut the serving size That's in half really the children cool. and the price, which I was like, why do we do that? in the US. But anyway, they, um, because children just are not seen as like they should eat separately than what adults eat. So he wanted to try a particular fish dish. And I was like, I don't know if you don't like this. You know, I'm like, (laughs) do I want to spend the money on this? I think it's not exactly cheap either when it comes to food. And, um, he, he, but I think that like that idea of this one bite rule where he was just open to trying new things, but he knew he, he was not committed to having to eat it if he didn't like it at the moment that, um, he tried it and he was like, this is amazing. And ever since then, he has like loved fish. He asked for it all the time. Um, so I think like just the more we can foster this openness and this narrative of like exposure and openness and realize that this is not going to be like tomorrow, your kid's instinct instantly going to like broccoli, but realize it's this long-term game, so to speak, that yeah. we're, we're in <laughs> and that between exposure and like with being very careful with the words we choose and our own attitudes about food. Also, if you're bringing in like all the junk food and you're letting your kid like snack on all the junk food after dinner, of course, they're not going to want to eat their, their dinner, you know? So even like being cautious about that kind of thing, but one more, the one I've um, found really helpful too, is we do a lot of like build your own meals. So like with my um, daughter, who's kind of gone more through like a picky phase over the past couple of years, just because she's younger. And I think all kids kind of go, you know, they're testing their independence yeah. and, and everything, you know, it's just kind of, they want more like say in the, in, and that's totally cool. But um, the, 
one of the way, and that becomes like a power struggle many times, but one of the ways we've gotten around that is doing like build your own meals. So even um, like with a salad, maybe instead of like assembling the salad, just putting like the salad components in like individual bowls, um, then, you know, and letting the kids build their own That's salads a great idea. if they want to. Sometimes that means they just may like take cucumbers and just eat cucumbers. But if they do that, that's amazing. They're still getting exposure to all the other veggies out there. Even though they didn't eat them, they're still seeing them. They're touching them. You know, that's exposure yeah. right there. And sometimes it takes kids like 15, 30 times to be exposed to a food before they're even willing to try it, um, like more so than just like a bite or something. But like having that build your own meal where it's like, it's not, um, it doesn't feel scary. It doesn't feel like I'm forcing this on them. It's just like, hey, how, what? here, here's the dinner. Now come build your own plate versus just like plopping everything onto a plate and, and doing it that way. But even like when we do like, um, like the Buddha bowls or the grain bowls, like last night I put out, um, we had chicken with it and we had roasted, um, veggies with it and there was a salad with it and, um, some brown rice too. And, and the kids kind of made their own. And it was just interesting to see what they chose, um, because they didn't definitely build it the way I built it, but they definitely got a nourishing meal. And I also wasn't like micromanaging them. And this is also like translated over into lunches at this point where I'll create like a list on Sunday of like the options in the fridge, and then they can like build their lunches throughout the week. So I think the more like the more independence we give them, the less of a struggle it becomes too. So I think ultimately we just have to like expose our kids, realize that it, it's not like an overnight thing. And just play this like long-term game with them and realizing like, you know, the more that they're exposed to real food, the more that they're going to come around to this idea of it. And it's not, it's not like a reflection on me as a parent, if they choose not to <laughs> eat something one night and they're not going to starve either. Um, there are times when like my, one of my kids just will not eat the, like they take a bite and they're like, this is not for me tonight. And I'm like, okay, well, this is what we're having. I don't know what to tell you. And they'll get around to like bedtime and they really are super, super hungry. And at that point, I'll give them an option. Like you can have like some carrots in the fridge or I don't know, like some yeah. cucumbers or something. Like it's not anything like appealing enough that they're going to be like, you know, wanting to do that on a regular basis because they think they're going to get like goldfish yes, after yeah. dinner, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So it's like, I don't, I, there's this compassionate side of, I truly am not trying to be mean to you, but at the same time, like I'm not a short order cook and the foods that are being prepared are amazing and they're delicious and there's no reason why we can't eat them. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like making meals, not a struggle and just this incredibly joy filled, fun experience for the whole family. And I really think it's, it's, you can do that even when you have somebody who might at the moment be going through like a pickier spell. But even like you have to realize like even as us as adults, we all have opinions about food. It's okay to have opinions about food. Like I personally cannot stand sardines. Like I don't, like no matter what I try <laughs> them, I don't like them. Like I try them and I just cannot find a way to like them. I know they're good for you. Yada, yada, yada. I, I you know, there's various like things like, like that eggplant. I'm like, mm, it's kind of a weird vegetable for me. Like I'm willing to try it and eat it, but it's not like my first pick. So I think we also have to be okay with our kids having opinions. Um, um, and, but at the same time, like realizing that just giving them that exposure to real food and making meals. Yeah. A I, I think we probably have a very similar philosophy here. We do the one bite. I try not to force them all. You know, it's hard sometimes when I feel like my youngest is just so picky and if it's something she's eaten before, but I can tell she's just almost being willful. <laughs> like, I just don't want this. I'm like, oh, yeah. but you've had it before and liked yeah. it. But I, I think <laughs> making small adjustments, like Carson will 
happily take a salad I've put together and I let him choose his dressing and he loves that and he'll eat the whole thing and actually enjoys it. Whereas Annabelle really does not like when I have an assembled salad for her. Instead, what I'll do is take a plate and I will literally make like little piles of things. So it's almost like a deconstructed, (laughs) but but she'll actually try it. She'll not only nibble it, but a lot of the stuff she'll actually eat the whole thing of it. Where it's just so funny to me because I would much rather want a dressed salad in front of me, and then she's just eating the raw veggies. But I'm right. like, whatever works. If this is going to make you eat it, then we're going to do exactly. this for now. <laughs> My son's the same way. Like he's still to this day. Like he took a salad in his lunch this week, which trust me, like this is the first year, and he's almost ten. That well, like nine and a half in his words, but like he, uh, this is the first year that he's ever like gravitated towards salad and actually wanted to eat it. And he's been exposed to salad for a very, 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 very long time, but he does not like dressing on a salad. He literally just wants to eat like (laughs) the lettuce (laughs) and the veggies. And I'm like, what? Why would you? You're missing the best part. I don't know. Like, exactly. Like all the good olive oil and all this, you know, I'm like such like a foodie at this point that I'm like, oh, it's so good. And and he... (laughs) Exactly. And he's like, no, I just like the lettuce and the, you know, the veggies. And I'm like, okay, it is what it is. But even then, like if you had constructed it for them, you might not realize that maybe their aversion to salad might not be the salad itself. It might just be the fact that they have a, a, you know, a a personal preference right now about not having dressing on their salad. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. And, but instead, like as parents, many times we just dismiss it as like, oh, my kids doesn't like the salad, you know? Right. <laughs> and then we never serve it to them again. And then we really do a, um, a disservice to ourselves and our, our I children. I think that's a good point you made about help having them help in the kitchen and then also serving things in a, in a way that they can actually assemble it themselves. Cause then you can really see what they like, what they don't like, what they're choosing. And it lets them feel like they have more control. And I, anytime my kids are more a part of what we're doing, even from our little garden in the back, if they're helping me plant seeds and stuff, when that vegetable ripens and we pick it, they're way more eager to eat it than if I just like bought something, you know, but even them chopping up stuff or helping to cook things, it makes them, want to actually try it after it's done. For sure. And you can even bring that even back to like the meal planning. Cause even now that you have this list of recipes, I mean, you can even say like, Hey, for soup this week, like what do you, and your kids might not even like soup, but you can always bring them into the picture and you can be like, um, you know, what kind of soup do you guys want? Here, here are some of the, you know, our favorites that we have or like the ones that we make regularly. So do you guys want chili this week? You want this noodle soup? Do you want, you know, like you could all, just them having like that, that uh, being part of the community and the food culture within your home, I think speaks volumes because so many times it's like us against our kids and that's just not healthy in so yeah. many ways. <laughs> um, but it's pr- particularly with food, because if you look at food, like food has always been this communal experience. Like food is not just about food. Food is about community and and it's always been that way. And I think it's really important for us to make sure our kids, you know, see food that way, that it's this really joyful, um, you know, community-based experience. And if we can even bring them into, like you said, like helping with the garden or even when it comes to meal planning, being like, hey, guys, like, what what are you thinking? Can I get your input? That only takes two seconds, but automatically you're involving them in the picture. So they even know like a heads up, like, oh, this week I know we're having chili. Like even my daughter, like she loves stir fry. So 
for like the chicken night, we'll do stir fry many times. And she like gets really excited now about that. She's like, yes, That's stir fry. Awesome. Are we having stir fry this week? You know, I'm like, I love that. Yeah. I love the fact that, you know, and it's not like we're doing anything special over here. It's just the fact that, you know, they, they feel like they have a voice and, and they're part of the, like the food culture within our home. Like you said, with the gardening and all of that, it, it really is amazing. Like those small little things make such yeah, a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so any other advice do you have for somebody who's listened to this? Now they're like super pumped, hopefully, <laughs> to get out there, start planning their meals. I just see so many people who struggle in this department or just struggle with like eating real food. And I really feel like if you can, you know, part of like I said, like processed food just comes so easily because it is, it's like this convenience. But if we can take real food and marry it with like strategic convenience on our own, like meal planning, I think that people are just going to find that this whole way of eating, like, you know, nourishing food just becomes so much more enjoyable. And I know people are like, oh, well, you have to be like an organized person for that. But I would say absolutely not. Like just give it a try, write down a few recipes, start rotating them weekly. If you want to come up with some themes and like, you know, use those as, you know, like a parameter to help guide you and even simplify more. Awesome. Try shopping like once a week, right? Look at your your meal plan and shop for the food that you're going to need. And I think you'll find that while it may feel like kind of um, like very organized and restrictive, you're going to find a lot of freedom within that. And you're actually going to have more time to do what you love. And you're not going to be spending all your time thinking about food. And in fact, you might fall even deeper in love with cooking because all of a sudden you're going to have the freedom to be able to experiment and to be able to like actually enjoy being in the kitchen for the first time. I love that. I, I hope, well, I know I'm I'm getting better about this. Uh, and I know, especially after our talk, I feel like I'm just like ready to go ahead and plan for next week. But <laughs> I hope that everybody awesome. listening, yeah, awesome. I mean, you've just broken it down and made it so approachable and so simple. So I hope everybody feels inspired. Good. And and I will say too, like, like I think there's this fallacy that simplicity equals easy. And I will say like simplicity many times takes a hard, hard work to reach the end result of simplicity. So it's going to require definitely work on Peel's part. Like it requires work to put together a list. It requires work to like, you know, to get in the flow and the routine of meal planning and to actually sit down um, and, and just like for a few minutes. And it may take you 30 minutes at first to do all of this, but realize like the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And the work you're putting in is going to bring about like that wonderful harvest of simplicity. So I just like, don't mistake like simplicity for ease. I think many times people do that. So realize like put in the work and then you're going to get to reap like the reward of absolutely, absolutely. Um, the end result, you know, after putting in a little bit of work is, is a much more well-oiled machine. Absolutely. Yeah, because if not, you're just going to live in like the same constant state of frustration and overwhelm. And in the end, you're going to probably turn back to like the heavily processed foods and going through the drive-thru every night um, because you're just like, you don't, you feel like it's unattainable to to eat, you know, well and to cook for yourself. But yeah, so absolutely, like put in the work, put in the effort. And in the end, I promise it's worth it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I feel like I... I'm just, I am definitely, I know I keep saying it, but I'm really inspired to really buckle down and meal plan. People can go to your site. It's livesimply.me, M-E. 
And I'll link all your social and your website into the show notes. But I really appreciate your time and sharing your wisdom. You also, I want to mention too, she has a lot of resources on her blog and downloads that are all great resources for meal planning and healthy eating, recipes, things like that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited because in the next couple of months, we're actually going to be launching the resource vault, the Live Simply resource vault. So if people like have a particular question about like simplifying dinner, let's say, and using themes and and um, easy recipes and all of that, like there's going to be individual lessons that um, people can actually go and they're like video lessons and download as well as um, uh, like uh, PDF guides that they can really, you know, digestible material. Because um, we realize like, the blog and Instagram and everything. It's amazing. And I love it. But sometimes people like need really specific help. And so they need like maybe like a 30 minute like video lesson um, and like a quick start guide to help them out. And so I've I've taught a lot of these classes over the past few years. And so now we're like kind of bringing them out of like the vault, so to speak. And for the first time ever offering them to people. So if people are like, are like, I need help with like this idea of themes or even ideas and all of that, like that will be something that is um, forthcoming in the next couple of months over on the blog. So I think that will be really, really helpful for people because I just see like the same questions asked all the time. And trust me, if you're asking the questions, other people are asking them. And so I think this will be a great way to, to help people more so with it. Yeah, that that sounds really helpful. Just like Disney yeah. bringing it out of the vault. Exactly, that's how I feel. Yeah, no baby but Yoda involved in this though. So, oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> my son loves that. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> well, thank you. This has been so helpful and just so much information. But once again, thank you, Kristen. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me on. Don't